Captain Vactor's log, stardate 76250.9. Lower Decks continues to pick up speed as we approach the end of season three, and I could not be happier. We've been getting great episode after great episode, and I'm frothing at the mouth, waiting for this finale. <laughs> Welcome back to Technological, a Star Trek shakedown, a short form podcast hosted by two hardworking dads who love to talk Trek. I am Captain Vactor, and with me each week, side by side, in the co-captain's chair, it is Captain Shoff. Captain Shoff, how are you doing today? Woo! I'm doing real good, real good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent because it's that time again to talk straight from the bridge of the USS Technological, and I love talking to Captain Schaff. <laughs> now, if you're new to Technological, each week we're going to be traveling to a new planet to seek out new Trek news as we boldly go through our thoughts of each episode of Whatever the current Star Trek show is, right now we're doing Star Trek Lower Decks, and we are on Season 3, almost at the finale. This is Episode 8 that we're covering of Season 3. Ten episodes total, so we've got a few left, yeah. but this one, Shaw, mm, it was a humdinger. <laughs> but uh, before we get into our discussion, Shaw, I wanted to check in with you. Last week we talked yeah. about Magic Mind, the energy drink the little energy booster supplement. Now, this is your second week taking it. Is that right? Uh, y yes. Yes, it is. Or rather, How it's the beginning of the second week. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling so far? I guess this is the the aftermath of the first week. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. I got to say, I mean, the days are long uh, mm. with... A toddler and a five and a half month old, like the days are long. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, not to say that Magic Mind isn't working, but I just think that it on its own, at least for me, I still need the coffee. Like mm -hmm. I still need mm -hmm. it alongside the uh, the morning caffeine. So I yes. still need my coffee in the morning. Um, but also it's I do that because it just tastes better, like to chase mm -hmm. it with something. Right. So. Um, so nothing against Magic Mind. I know it's definitely working. Um, I definitely feel more productive. And I've uh, early on in the week, I managed to get a lot of my cases for the type of work that I do. I got a lot of cases done nice. early on, which is not usual. So nice. I'm going to say ma thank you, Magic Mind, for that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm happy. You? It's also working for me. Um, now, for me, I have a thing, Shoff, where a lot of stimulants don't necessarily work on me. I drink coffee 9 p.m 10 p.m at night and fall asleep at 10.05 so really yeah i for whatever reason stimulants just don't have a huge effect on me i'll take a red bull and it won't necessarily pick me up the only thing i've ever actually found that just jolted me like kept me what i what i got gave me the results i was actually looking for was, was five hour your finger in between the outlet like a little <laughs> plug 
That, well, that, that gives you the proper jolt. <laughs> that is the electric way to do it, Shuff. Um, <laughs> I drive an electric vehicle, but that's not the way I want to get my electricity. <laughs> I actually only have uh, found five-hour energy to work for me for whatever oh. reason. But I don't like all those chemicals. I don't like all that uh, unnatural stuff. So yeah. So far, the the magic mind that I've had, I feel good. But I also don't know how much of that is a placebo effect where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm taking this, so I'm yeah. I feel better. Like I I want to feel better because it's natural. So whether it is actually working or whether it's the placebo effect, either way, I'm feeling good this week, Shaw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't necessarily say Magic Mind made me productive, but I I was productive this past week. So, you know, we'll see what happens yes, next week, I guess. That's all you can ask for. All right, cool, Shaw. Well, I'm glad we're going to continue to check week after week because we're on a four-week trial of this Magic Mind. So we're going to check back next week. But thank you very much for that check-in, Shaw. I'm going to be eagerly anticipating what's coming next week in Magic Mind check-in time. All right, let's set a course, Shaw, for the nearest planet, Maximum Warp. Aye, sir. Course laid in. I turn myself into a pickle, Shaw. I'm Pickle Factor! <laughs> All right, <laughs> Captain Shaw, meet me in the transporter room where we'll beam down to the planet's surface to search for some Trek news. I, Captain Pickle Vector, I'm on my way. <laughs> Two to beam down. All right, Captain Shove, let's scan this planet. Are you still sir. a pickle? I'm still a pickle. I'm still in. I haven't been turned back yet. So I thought the imagine. transporter might help you with that. Oh, yeah. They didn't recombine my DNA into a human again. So I'm still a pickle. I'm still a little salty, but Captain Shaw, let's scan the planet's surface for any sign of Trek news. I found some Trek news, Captain Pickle Vector. <laughs> Thank you very much, Captain Morty. Uh, Shaw, please transmit those news articles to our show notes for our listeners. Morty, All right. Morty, hey, Morty, 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 hey, Morty, 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 uh. <laughs> that was fake. It was completely fake. I cannot burp. I actually, I can't burp on command. I can't even burp accidentally. I'm incapable of burping. Oh dang! Wait, what? Yeah, is I, this? I, I suffer from. It's real. It's real. I can't what? do it. I can't burp. Nope. Dang. Burp, uh, burping does not happen for me. Uh, alternatively, the gas does go elsewhere. I was gonna say it comes uh, out the other end way. just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so because I can't because I can't like separate the top from the bottom in that mm. sense, everything just goes down south and then uh <laughs> man. We're bom- learning bombs a lot. Are dropped. We're learning a lot about Captain Schaff today. Yeah, too much. Too much, really. <laughs> All right, let's let's continue our weekly mission, uh guess aside, Schaff, with our episode discussion. All right, this week, Captain Schaff and I watched Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 8, Crisis Point 2, Paradoxus, originally airing October 13th, 2022, directed by Michael Mullen and written by Ben Rogers. This is your final warning, everyone. If you have not watched this episode of Lower Decks, leave, go watch the show and come back because we are going to be spoiling it. That was your last chance. (laughs) All right. 
The synopsis for this episode, Boimler's holodeck movie sequel tries to live up to the original Crisis Point. Now, Shaw, I have completely forgotten there was an original Crisis Point. When I saw that title come up and say Crisis Point 2, I was like, oh, they're doing they're doing that funny thing where they say that there's a sequel and there was never a first one. Uh, then I had to go back and rewatch season one, episode nine, Crisis Point, <laughs> and then got all caught up on that. So that was my experience with Crisis Point 2. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this episode overall? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it it was, uh, in many ways, could be looked at as a filler episode, but actually mm. it did a lot to propel the ac- the actors, the characters forward uh, with their... Um, what they're going through this season. Um, it helped uh, confirm Tendi's desire to continue to move up the chain in terms of her own development. Uh, we got to see just how strong the bond is between Tendi and Rutherford because obviously he wasn't taking it seriously, but we get to see that she, is, as soon as she acknowledged, she's like, I want this. She's like, I want to be a captain one day. He like on a dime flipped and he was like, I'm hundred percent invested. I will support you. Yeah. Um, we saw the same thing with Mariner and how she's supporting Boimler as he's struggling with, uh, the loss of himself, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the loss of his clone, uh, which we don't really find out about until the, towards the end of the episode. So, um, I think there was a lot that was really working here and it was really fun and it was funny. And, uh, it had the best of what lower decks is, which is, comedy and heart yeah so that's kind of where i'm at but yeah so i i enjoyed it yeah i'm right there with you shof the thing that i really loved about this one was the not necessarily fourth wall breaking but the way that mariner was going through it and saying and kind of pointing out oh okay i know this trope i know this part of the movie here's the romance here's the speech that to me was the most fun and it was very similar to Fourth Wall Breaking, which uh, you know is one of my favorite things in all of media, whether it's movies, comic books, TV shows. When something breaks the fourth wall, it's it's my favorite. Uh, We actually got a chance to talk She-Hulk over on the Comic Book Kaiju podcast with our friend Wonder Rob. So anyone who's interested, if you want to hear us talk about Fourth Wall Breaking, that is the Comic Book Kaiju podcast. But I really liked that this sequel was... I thought just as good as the first crisis point, the first one was all about Mariner and it was her kind of struggle to her and her mom and, and kind of their relationship and then taking out her frustrations. Uh, basically, Boimler put it, crisis point was just a sad little tantrum so that you could murder the crew. This crisis point is an important examination of the human condition, which I thought was kind of a, a funny uh, p- way to put it. And the difference between Mariner's movie and then Boehm's movie in this one uh, was was there was a stark contrast between those two. So I had a lot of fun with this one, expanding the vindictiverse and uh, talking (laughs) (laughs) talking about the first character that Mariner played in in the first Crisis Point. Uh, She had a little alternate timeline joke where she talked about kind of playing off the Chris Pine Star Trek of, oh, you're going to cast younger versions of us. And so all of those type of things, whenever Mariner was pointing out stuff, I was just having fun, you know, uh, with the episode. So I'm I'm right there with you. I think the comedy and the heart 
were two um, really good things about this episode. Did you like, Shoff, that we got the two different journeys in this episode? I guess the A and the B plot lines were Mariner and Boimler on their storyline, and then Tendi and right. Rutherford. And the adventure that they both went on, Tendi and Rutherford went on kind of a time travel adventure going through 1982 and other alternate places. And then Mariner and Boimler were kind of the, um, the exploration of Boimler's plot line and the movie itself. Okay. I I need to go to this place. I need to go to this plot point, this place, this place. Did you have a favorite of the two or, uh, did you, did you like one better than the other? Um, well, Maybe I'm 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 interpreting it differently, but the way I saw it, the plot line that Tendi and Rutherford were on was the true story. Oh, that was of the movie. The that's the A plot line mm. of what Boimler had set out. If we if they were following oh right it right to right the T right that's that's the story that he wrote. Right. This other thing that he goes on is is something he does because he finds out this horrible news about William, his clone. And he needs to process it and try to make sense of it. And so he kind of just kind of goes off into the fringe. Right. And the holodeck is sort of randomly creating <laughs> things that make some sense. But right. also the, the holodeck is stalling at times, trying yeah. to like figure Which, out how to make things come together. And I love that. That, yeah, holodeck so that was cool. adaptive so, program. So I think like that's at least how I interpret it. Like the second Boimler ended up on the, the B plot in mm. that regard. Um, he started on the A of, and then of, he jumped over to the B. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When he got that news and you could see that shift in him right. big time because he right. wasn't into, um, Dr. Helena, what was her name? Yeah. She um, kind of seemed like a bond girl. Well, she was kind of modeled a little bit like Carol Marcus. And honestly, Ooh. that whole station that they're on, the Starfleet, uh, temporal headquarters or whatever laboratory, uh-huh. I think is what uh-huh. it was called, uh, was meant to sort of look like regular one, which is where they were working on the Genesis device. Mm. The video that they show that top secret video that plays out just like the beginning of the Genesis video from world, uh, from wrath of Khan. And then all of them are wearing the outfits that look like they're part of the, the regulus, uh, regular one um, outpost where they're working on, on Genesis. So very mm. much like that, which also plays into the idea that Crisis Point 2 being the sequel and yes. Wrath of Khan being the sequel to, to motion pictures. So, which um, That's actually a great point, Shaf, and I wanted to bring that up um, in the course of our discussion, so I'm glad that you pointed that out. This one being a sequel... What are your thoughts yeah. on sequels in general, Shoff? Do you like when, um, do you feel like a sequel to something is overstaying its welcome? It should have just stayed at the original? Or do you like sequels pushing the plot line further and, and going along? I guess it all depends on <laughs> what it's a sequel to. Like, ah. if, if somebody told me that they decided to greenlight a sequel to Morbius, uh, <laughs> I would be like, get the F out of here. That's, <laughs> that's a waste of money. Uh-huh. But if, you know, if somebody says, I'm going to make a sequel to, I don't know, um, something Marvel, right? Like there's so many great Marvel sequels um, and they uh, they improve upon each other. Like I would arguably say that Guardians 2 is better than Guardians 1 mm. uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and, and, and Wrath of Khan. Endgame. 
somehow is better than Infinity War and Infinity mm. War was amazing. So, you know, like there's a lot of instances where sequels are better than the original. Plus, I think what we love about sequels is it furthers stories and characters that we've grown accustomed to and we like. So it makes perfect sense. That's why we love TV so much, because we get more time with these characters. We get to invest uh, with them over multiple seasons Right. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think movies that get sequels, you get the same effect where you get to kind of travel with them a little bit longer. And if you've already like have an attachment to these characters, now you get to join them on more adventures together. I think that's great. So, yeah, I love sequels. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about a sequel, Wrath of Khan, in our co-captain's commentary coming up shortly. Yeah. Shaw. So you, uh, dear listener and watcher, be on the lookout for that. Our second co-captain's commentary um but yeah i I very much enjoy sequels myself and i liked getting more time in this spending uh getting more time with the characters and uh progressing their plot lines a little bit and you talked about loving the characters shaw i loved knickknack he had to be my new favorite character (laughs) in this episode purple head yeah calling him purple i love head. you i'm in love with you <laughs> there was a ton of great quotes from knickknack in this episode and then the okay third act uh knickknack uh uh reveal that was a great uh line by mariner i thought that was a great twist with nick oh yeah character. yeah that Jump, was that was yeah, great growing into the whole creature so yeah i i really liked this episode job i had a great time with just like in the first um episode or the first crisis point they had like that film filter on with complete with like the cigarette burns in the top right hand corner and (laughs) just making it look like a movie so they did a lot of fun stuff on this episode um including a fun cameo from george takei as captain hakuru sulu oh my (laughs) did you actually think it was going to be kirk when they showed that kirk um mailbox I mean, I was like, if they kept that a secret, that would have been impressive. Oh. But William Shatner's been kind of weird about Star Trek lately, Ooh. and and so I I've kind of, I was just was like, that would be a really a big surprise if mm-hmm. it was going to happen. Um, but instead, uh, we get Hikaru Sulu, we get uh, George Takei, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, it's ironic too because those two don't get along. George Takei and and William Shatner are at odds with each other Ooh. currently. So like for him, his character to be like taking care of the 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 barn and right. the whatever, like Kirk while Ranch. he's away, like yeah. that's mm. interesting. Well, yeah, I I, th- I got a great kick out of hearing uh, George Takei's voice, and happy that he's still alive to be able to do it. Um, we we lost uh, some earlier this year. We lost some epic. Star Trek actors, uh, Shaw. Yeah. I mean, so. uh, even still, though, we that was just a dream sequence, mm-hmm. so that didn't actually occur. It wasn't part of a holodeck sequence at all. Like, it was it was just, like, him after they had extricated him from the holodeck <laughs> <laughs> and were sort of bringing him back to to health and whatnot. But, uh, but it was still very cool that we got yes. him. Because the last thing that he had done was a guest spot on Voyager, Ooh. So he has been away from Star Trek for a very long time. Oh, and yeah. this is pretty wild to get him back uh, into the fold. So that's awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, Shav, I had some kind of fun facts that I wanted to give you. Did you know in this episode they reference 
going to planet Tadashore 9. And yes, I got when that. I heard that. I was like, that's because Fred Tadashore is the Shaq's voice actor for anybody who doesn't know. And I don't know why, but he's one of those voice actors that I follow. No matter what animated show or movie he's in, when I hear his voice, I immediately, number one, I, I first associated him as the Hulk in all the Marvel animated stuff. So for me, it's always like, oh, that's the Hulk. I hear the Hulk's voice every time. And with Shaq's, I like uh, just the tone and the timbre of his voice and hearing him over and over again. Tadashore is a very unique last name. So when they said sure Tadashore is. 9, I was like, oh, they're doing an in reference. So <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, and then one of my favorite quotes of this episode, Shoff, was when they were in the movie, one of the holodeck uh, background characters just said, we're all holograms in a simulation. Yes. And that was just a random <laughs> quote. Like, there wasn't anything. I love anything. that. I, yeah. I wrote that one down. I was like, that's exactly <laughs> this conspiracy theorist <laughs> in the in the streets is calling this stuff out. And he's absolutely right. <laughs> it's exactly what's going down. Yeah. So that there was, was actually a few moments like that. So uh, before that guy says that, there's another guy who, who talks about Manuki, which is that the mask of Manuki. Oh yes. Yeah, right. 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 That the right. Captain Freeman was possessed mm-hmm. by briefly. Um, <laughs> and then also another guy says the koala smiles on us all. And that's actually a reference to a season one episode of lower decks where it's revealed that the universe is balanced on the back of a giant koala. That's right. Um, yeah. And also this is a little known fact. I don't know if you've caught this factor, but in the, the star Trek, um, intro bumper that plays before Lower Decks episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it played before uh, Strange New Worlds as well, but the one for Lower Decks, there's a brief shot of a koala nebula. Oh. Like, it's like in the nebula. So, um, I'm have to look for that next time. glowing eyes. So I don't know if you guys have seen that, but, but that's further proof that the universe nice. is balanced on the back of a giant koala. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that. I'm going to look at that next time I watch uh, Lower Decks. Um, and then it kind of ended Shoff on a cliffhanger after they, they specifically said, uh, cliffhangers are lame. Uh, they, yeah. they cut, <laughs> yeah, I hate it when they do that. And they cut to the evil Boimler clone, uh, having his own, going off on his own kind of separate side mission. So we're probably going to pick up with him in season four. I don't think that's going to be where yeah. this season is headed to, but. One season. Yeah. Four. I mean, they're, they're dropping so many breadcrumbs of what could happen. Um, it, it, William joining section 31. That's, that's definitely very interesting. And also super funny that they made fun of the combat thing. Cause that's <laughs> totally true. It's like, <laughs> what? if you're such a secret organization, you should try to blend in. Right. Like, so yes. that's, that's funny. Yeah. I liked the, the Kitia um, side plot for Boimler because that was so reminiscent of Viger, uh, oh. or Viger, sorry. And, mm-hmm. um, and it re- being revealed that it was like the Wright brothers plane or something. <laughs> and, uh, that's just really funny. Um, yeah. There was that motorcycle sequence that took place. It wasn't really a motorcycle, but like. I felt uh, like there was like speeders speeder from bike. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the, the speeder bike scene from uh, Book of Boba Fett. When they, they all, like the gang jumps mm-hmm. on their bikes. Like I was yes. like, are they kind of trying to model this after that? Because it kind of looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the scene where they're stealing the clothes off the punks. 
Yeah. I was like, this is totally Terminator right yeah. here. This is a Terminator right. joke. Uh-huh. So that was really funny to me. That was funny when Rutherford was like, they don't, the pants don't fit. We need to find bigger punks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, I think I figured out what, how they're going to have uh, the Strange New Worlds crossover. Ooh. I figured tell it us, out. Tell us, Shaw. Tell us. This is my prediction. I could be totally wrong, but I'm throwing it out here now. I'm recording it because if it's true, then I don't know. The world owes me something. <laughs> but in this episode, we're introduced to the technology that's it's totally fake, right? The chronogami, mm-hmm. the ability to fold time and space to, to go travel to the past or the future. That to me seems like a perfect plot device to use to get back to the past, mm. to have characters interact with Strange New Worlds yeah. cast. So my theory is that next season, when they do the crossover, that is going to be Crisis Point 3. Ooh. That way it doesn't have any um, uh, canonical effect. effect. Yeah. Right. On the timeline, because it's just, it's a movie that they made yeah. on the holodeck, right? Right. So that's how I think they're going to do it. And it's just a guess, but it's a perfect thing if they bring anything from Crisis Point 2 into Crisis Point 3. And you have to assume that since they did a Crisis Point last season, they're going to do another Crisis Point. They did a Crisis Point this season, they're going to do another one. The trilogy. I think that's that's going to be a thing. That's perfect, Shaf. I I'm on board with that 100%. Uh, so, yeah, save this episode, bookmark it, everyone, and we'll come back <laughs> when Crisis Point 3 comes out and see if Shoff was right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else, Shoff, to add before we wrap up? Um, I think that was it. I just I love seeing the, the Sovereign class ship on Lower Decks, just seeing it, uh, the Wayfarer that... Um, Bucephalus dagger commands. I just I thought it looks so good. It's my favorite ship in Starfleet. Uh, it's so sleek. It's so sexy. I love the Sovereign class mm. ship. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that's going to bring our mission recap to a close. But before we go, we have another segment that we like to call Boldly Dadding where what we do each week, we share either a story or a lesson that we've learned throughout the week um, that we've had as dads to young children. So, Shaf, this week, what was your boldly dadding moment? (laughs) Well, I was struggling to come up with one, but then it kind of dawned on me. So uh, we, we barely let our toddler, she's two and three, four months old, um, Two years, three, four, three or four months old. Sorry, I don't, for those that don't know, <laughs> her name is Emily. Um, we occasionally let her watch television. She gets to watch it here in my office with me um, on the, the TV behind me, and uh, she only gets to watch a few different things. We're, we're really careful; we don't want to put, subject her to stuff that we think might be inappropriate. But she's allowed to watch Coco Melon. She's allowed to watch um, the Bumble Numbs, which is kind of part of pink fong uh that pink fox thing um on amazon prime and then also she likes to watch daniel tiger's neighborhood so those are pretty much the only things that she she gets to watch and and she could if she was allowed to she would sit and watch it all day long (laughs) she gets sucked into it but um and you just look at her and she's like a little zombie she's (laughs) a little beanbag potato uh i have a couple beanbags in here and she sits on the beanbag with her her legs up and she's got the blankie over her and she's got her head on a pillow like she's like the epitome of comfort 
she knows how to she knows how to relax and she we could all learn something from Emily in that regard but yeah. the problem is that as soon as she's done watching it any of those three shows we notice a change in her she goes from being like sweet and and calm to reacting uh, to to being having tantrums um to just being very emotional Ooh. being uh and it's definitely related to the TV screen. So I don't have like any solid scientific proof, but it's just something we've witnessed. And, and I, if I could impart any wisdom from my experience, it's that we really need to be mindful of not just what we're subjecting our kids to, but how long we're subjecting our kids to television. Because clearly, even though she's only watching the most pure and innocent of shows that don't have violence, that don't have bad language or anything like that, even still, she still has an, it has an effect on her. And so we just have to recognize the stimulation that comes from television for children and what it does to kids. And I think we need to be paying closer attention to that so that we can help regulate that and also not expose them to it if they're having that reaction. So seeing her react today, she was watching a little bit of Bumble Nums, Coco Melon, um, while I was uh, working in the morning. I had to cut it off. I was like, okay, we're done watching. And then she like immediately changed on a dime. And she was like, it wasn't just a tantrum that it was over. It was being upset about everything. So, mm. um, it took a little bit to calm her down. We had to do some breathing exercises, some deep breath stuff. And, and she, she, she calmed down. I, I held her. I just like, you know, kind of brought her back, uh, to, and grounded her a bit. And so, um, I would just say, let's just be a little more mindful of, of that and, and not subject our children to so much television because it's definitely having an effect. Whether you're aware of it or not, it is affecting them. So uh, that's my one piece. And the other thing I wanted to say, totally unrelated, but we were talking last week about toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I had a quick update. I was in Ooh. Target the other day and I was looking for some clothes and there was a gentleman in full military fatigue. He was an army army dude. And he was looking for clothes and he was there with his significant other. And he approached me and he's like, hey, uh, this is going to sound super weird, super strange. He's like, I feel weird doing this, but I got to ask, where did you get your jeans? (laughs) And he wanted to know because he's like, he's like, just like you. He's like, I've also got some I've got big thighs. I've got a. I've got a big butt. Like, <laughs> like I, I know I've got like a juicy, juicy butt. I, I get it. I know. It's just the thing. I'm just blessed <laughs> with a, a, a gluteus maximus. You know what I'm saying? A very maximus. Oh, man. You're not ready for this jelly, okay? But, um... <laughs> Factor's face. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was able to get beyond, like, that social stigma of guys don't talk about this with other guys. And he just went ahead and and approached me and asked me, put himself out there. And I was like, this is great. Like what a great conversation for two dudes to have, like not a normal conversation by any means, but it should be normal. It should be fine. And I I was like, dude, I don't know what these are. I I know I got them from stitch fix, uh, online, like subscription thing, uh, because I suffer from finding jeans. It's hard for me to find jeans that fit right. So I like, I needed some help. Um, but I was like, I shared the brand name with him and everything. And he was super, super thankful. And I just thought to myself, as I walked away from the conversation, I was like, this was a funny conversation. Definitely put me out of my comfort zone, but at the same time, it was refreshing. So, um, that's an evidence of a complete lack of 
toxic masculinity and instead a, a sense of conscious masculinity mm. and being comfortable in your own right to, to ask the questions you need to ask, to, to be open and honest with another, another man. So I, I was, I was here for it. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, there, there is hope for, for all of us men out there. So that's, nice. that's what I wanted to add. Excellent. Shoff. Well, my boldly dadding moment this week, I was thinking about legacy and what I want to pass down to my son and just kind of the generation, as it were, the Vector Generations moment. And I, w- I just thought about this podcast and things that I've done in my life that he will experience or maybe that he will see at some point and say, oh, my dad did that. And I think about my dad and my grandfather, things that they've passed down. And it's not necessarily the little day-to-day things. It's more of the bigger storylines and arcs in their lives that they pass down to me and kind of the lessons of this is this is right, this is wrong. This is what you should be doing. So I've been thinking about this week just what I want to pass. I want to be conscious of it and not be a subconscious thing. Oh, he's picking up your bad habits and he does things... Mm. I want to instruct him and guide him and also just have something to pass down to him. Um, and that's in a lot of different ways of, um, you know, passing down generational wealth, things that I have and I've experienced in my life and have been fortunate enough to have. And that's actually another thing I was thinking about was the way that my childhood was, I thought was um very, I thought I've I had a very good childhood and upbringing, a lot of happy memories. Um, I don't have a lot of sad memories from from growing up. Just a lot of happy times. I mm. want him to have that. I don't want him to have look back at his childhood and say, "Oh, high school sucked," or you know, when when we were in this place in grade school, I hated that. I want him to look back and say, just like I do, and say, "Oh man, my childhood." Raised the way I was raised is what kind of made me and shaped me into the the person that I am today. So I was just thinking about that and wanting to have a a nice legacy for him, wanting to have uh, something that I do be successful, like this podcast, where hopefully he can look at it and say, "Oh, that's uh, a successful podcast. My dad did that. Here's something that I can enjoy, and I can." Uh, take part in that as well, even though he wasn't here as we were recording these episodes. Um, hopefully at some point down the line, he may be watching this or listening to this podcast and um, take something away from that and say, oh, he did something. Um, now I want to be inspired by that and I want to do something. So that was what that's awesome. I was that's thinking great. about this week uh, for Boldly yeah, Dad. That's awesome. And you know, you have two amazing parents um, who are very supportive of of this podcast, all your podcasts, and really any of your endeavors. They're they're great uh, grandparents to to your son Ezra, and uh, and I've just been witness to that just on as a bystander. So um, so I'm happy that you're able to now pass that torch and continue that that um, legacy of great parenting onto your child because that'll be totally to his benefit when he is old enough to start having his own family too. Yeah. Excellent, Shaw. Well, I think that was a very good Boldly Dadding segment and a very good episode this Ooh. week of 
technological. We want we talked about season three, episode eight of Star Trek Lower Decks. Next week, Shoff, the penultimate episode is coming out before our finale Ooh-wee. episode. So we are moving along. Also, we're going to be talking Wrath of Khan in our co-captain's commentary, our triple yep. C episode. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of, of sequels, the what is often thought of as the best sequel of all time, not only in Star it's, Trek, but I think in a yeah. lot of, uh, in just in movies general. So definitely looking forward to talking with my boy Shoff about that. Um, if you did not know, you can always catch us on our social media handles, Treknopod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we've, if you're watching this on YouTube, you already know we're putting out short form content on our YouTube channel, on our TikTok. Anytime you see Shoff going crazy, it's happening, things like that, <laughs> you know that it's technological. You know you're going to have a good time with the short-form content that Shoff has been putting out. So definitely subscribe to us on TikTok and YouTube for those video morsels. And then on Instagram and Twitter, um, just for the text version of those things. So if you enjoyed what you heard this week, don't forget, you can always go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe to our show. Let everybody know that you love the show. Um, We definitely invite you to leave a five-star review and a rating on the platforms that I just mentioned. We're going to be very happy, and we'd love to spread our Trek joy amongst the community um, of our family and friends. So definitely, if you want to be one of those people, one of those nice Trekkies, leave us a nice review. That definitely helps spread the word about our podcast because we are a small um, blip on the map, but we are growing and we would love to be part of all of your Trek households. So thank you very much. Oh, you know what? Real quick, I want to say a big thank you to the Trek Talk community because uh, recently we've even had some of the Trek Talk community be sharing our podcast with other other accounts within the Trek Talk community. So, um, you know, it's, it's awesome and it really does help. Um, we've had a voicemail a few episodes ago yeah. uh, from the Trek Talk community. And I would, for any of the, um, anybody who's listening and who wants to, you know, to talk to us, this is the best way to do it. So check out those show notes at the bottom. The anchor link will let you leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the podcast. We will respond to it on the podcast. And it's just another way for you to um, have some engagement with us and uh, and we can get to know you and, and how you feel about it various Star Trek shows and films. So please uh, do it. Please do it. Yeah. This is your invitation. Yeah. I believe our mission of the week is complete, Shoff. Vactor and Shoff here, two to beam up. Live long and prosper. Yeah.